I am Drew. It's just oh folks, I'm it's been a while since we've done this. I'm trying to introduce the podcast, and that's your job. I'm JP. And welcome. It has been a while since we've done this. I think the last time we actually recorded was like in May, maybe. Yeah, before camp. That was a good pun. I'm not gonna acknowledge it, but it was good. Well you you just did. Um, yeah, that was before camp, and so my goal in this podcast is to catch up and summarize all of the things that have happened between May and now, which is January. I feel like that might take more than one episode. No, we're going to talk real quick. All right. All right. Speed round. <laughs> so let's start with, how are you, JP? Um, today I am not doing as well as I was, I've been bragging about like, oh, I haven't gotten sick. I haven't gotten sick at all this school year. Yeah. And I think today I got sick, so. Yeah. We're doing it. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing well. You know, it's that time of year. It's that sick time of year. It's sick, you know? It's sick. Sick, sick. Um, yeah, I'm good, though, for the most part. Um, let's Let's talk about some stuff. So, we have been on hiatus since before marching band season. Right? Yeah, marching band season was intense this year. What do you mean? Um, it was, well, this was my first time being a part of where we wrote our own show. So, Mm -hmm. we, um, arranged the music in-house. We, um, the drill was in-house, but it always has been. Um, but we kind of designed the show from the bottom to the top. And it went really well for us, but it was very stressful and very challenging because we were creating the direction for the show. Uh, And it paid off. We tied for our highest placement at the SCBDA 5A State Final, sixth place this year. Yeah. Thank you. It was pretty nice. Um, And then we're looking at doing better than that next year and probably, um, not probably, but more than likely, writing our own show again next year because it went so well this year right. and we think that if we can get a good direction um, with our next meeting in February that that's what we'll do again. I had not realized that this was the first time y'all had uh, written your own show. Well it's not. Um, it's the first time I've written I see. a show. Um, if they wrote a show two years like the year before I got there but there was just so much stuff that happened that they decided to take a year off from writing a show. Nice. Now they didn't, they didn't buy all of the show last year, but they did buy two movements of the show last year. So how does and that work? Wrote their own closer. Um, so they just bought the score, and then uh, or bought like the rights to it or whatever, and they bought the music, and then they decided, oh, we want to do something else for the closer, and then they arranged the closer right. themselves. And it was Oh the Joy, so it was. Uh, in the public domain. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed your show. Um, I only saw it, I didn't get to see it live, but I did see it on the uh, Flow Marching live stream they did of 5A State, uh, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Good, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, I'm glad. I unfortunately didn't get to see your program this year. Uh, yeah. I was talking with uh, one of your staff members, Josh. Terry. Joshua uh, Marcus Terry. Yeah, which Josh I don't think Terry. that's his middle name, but it, <laughs> it works, I think. Yeah. Um, I was talking with him, and he was telling me about some ideas that you guys had. They sounded pretty cool. I really like that moon idea that we talked about. Oh, but thank I think you. I that was my idea. Yeah. yeah. But Josh was mad because he was like, oh, I thought that you know we were going to go with my idea, and then they just kind of came out of the blue with these other two ideas. I know he thought that we were going to go with his idea, but I don't know. Like, best idea wins, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of going through a similar process right now, I guess, that you guys are in trying to get a show written um, and come up with some good ideas that we think will go well for us, um, but also not blow the bank right and that's the challenging part when you don't have unlimited funding in your program yeah yeah and and i don't but you know we're not talking about next year yet that'll be another episode we're talking about last year 
last year. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Um, and so one thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, is Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp. Oh man, it's been so long. I know. That's how I feel too. And then our next Bandcamp is just in five or six months now. Oh my no. god! Don't tell me that. Um, yeah. So I love we, Bandcamp. I, Bandcamp's not bad. I do love Bandcamp, but Bandcamp means that marching season is back up, and marching season is a monster that swallows us whole. Yeah, I've tried to explain to my band fr- or my non-band friend, if we remain friends through the marching wait, wait, band season. You have friends that aren't band people. Yeah, just a couple, like three or four. In fact, I could probably, I can count them all right now. My Greenville friends that are not in, in band, there are exactly five. Yeah. I actually know six. Yeah. <laughs> um, One just got promoted. But I try to explain to them. Yeah, you are now a friend, uh, only for the purpose of this podcast. Right. Um, that if we remain friends and like hang out during marching band season, then you know it's a true friendship on some level. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. Um, but we went, so we went away for camp this year. Yeah. Pardon me. Which is something that I did all through high school. Um, my whole experience with Marky Man, we went away for camp. Um, and then stayed at home for camp. Obviously, I worked some uh, band camps that were at home. Uh, Carolina band camp was at home, obviously. I mean, I guess, you know, home at college. We didn't, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. um, and then last, the last, you know, two years I was at Lancaster, those camps were all at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know what you, have you ever done an away camp? Yes, we did an away camp when I was, my first two years on high school band. Okay, so what do you think we get well, I guess broadly speaking, first we'll come we'll come back to the whole away camp home camp thing. I'm gonna make a note. Okay. Come back to away camp home camp. But more broadly speaking, what do you what what are our goals in band camp besides just to learn music and marching? Uh, I immediately what comes into my head is that is when you set your like your morale, your motivational, your your family standard for the year like that's when you determine this is what this year is going to look like and this is how we are going to interact with each other all year it'll vary some in like different parts of the season but it'll all be based around this core idea of whatever we get out of band camp okay um how do you do that God, how do you do that? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with traditions, actually. I um, we have this um, we have a couple of them. We've got this spirit stick tradition where the drum majors will paint these like just little wooden sticks, and they'll be themed with the show for that year. So this year's theme was a robot and the bluebird, and so on one side they were blue, on the other side they were silver. And the blue side said robot, and then the silver side said bluebird. And then, like, the leadership ones actually had little, um, like, uh, nuts on them, like, um, you know, to screw things on. Sure. Um, and so at the end of each practice, at, like, at the end of each day, the section leaders will choose people who were sort of, like, outstanding in that day and pass out spirit sticks. Um, and on... Like, I know what you're probably thinking. Well, what happens when a kid doesn't get a spirit stick? Everybody gets a spirit stick. Cause uh, sure. Yeah, so that problem has been solved. Um, okay. But we do that. We also have um, this thing called Golden Note in a section that um, is outstanding for the day, gets Golden Note, and they get to essentially miss like 15 minutes the next practice, which is uh, whether it be morning or afternoon, and that's stretches and just a tiny bit of fundamentals. Okay. Um, we also, um, I think that sections have their own little things that they do as well that promote this as well. Like um, um, our flute section or our mellophone section this year actually got like the um, the umbrella hats, which was really cute because it yeah. rained a lot during band camp. So every time it was going to rain, they wore theirs. And then the flutes on the last Friday of band camp, they get. Um, 
like this church fan and they drive around to every flute member's house in the middle of the night and they go and they wake them up with the permission of their parents and they go and they like wake them up and then they all go to breakfast at like five in the morning and then when band practice rolls around they're all beat um Hmm. but that's the thing they do and then um and I, i think that a lot of it also has to stem from the director um just promoting positivity throughout all of band camp because band camp is your time to learn and your time to mess up and your time to figure out what marching band is and and how to have fun and there are other things that you can do like we bring in like an ice cream truck one year we had the like the local fire department come and they blast their hose on the practice field or on the parking lot for like in like 30 minutes and everybody just kind of like ran around underneath it like this huge sprinkler we have right. a pool party in the middle of band camp um whose pool do you use no, just a local neighborhood pool. Okay. And they've agreed to let us do it. Um, gotcha. So, that's sort of stuff that we do, I think, that helps with that. Mm-hmm. But I think the positivity is huge, and it stems from the director and bleeds into your leadership team, which then feeds into everybody else. Right. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would really agree. Um, what do you think? So, do you think... So you've done home camp, you've done away camps. What do you think you get from an away camp that you can't really get from a home camp? I, an away camp I think is neat because um, it's, it's almost like a lock-in, but not really because probably you guys stayed at like a college, right? Yeah, we stayed at Erskine College. Yeah, so you stayed at a college and the kids get like a mini dorm experience and um and you're around all the band people all the time and you're away from your parents except for the chaperones um and you just kind of do everything together um when i was in high school we would get in twos and we would march in step from the practice field to the like wherever lunch was for that day um we would always hang out with a section together. We would, um, we had these like section skits because we had a like a talent show night on mm-hmm. on Thursday night before we came back on Friday, and so um, people would show their talents, and then they would also the sections would get together and make like little skits about um, whether it be band camp or just some other stuff, um, and they would showcase them to everybody. And we also we learned the alma mater at the away camp as well, like this um, singing it. Or not, yeah, like the yeah. alma mater, and then we also got like a little band song, which was Lean On Me. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so, I, I think that, I don't think that you can't achieve good positivity and morale without an away camp, and I don't think that having an away camp guarantees that. I think you are correct on both of those accounts. Um, I think... Because we're looking at this right now. I mentioned that we went away last year, and the staff and I and some of the kids, too, and some of the parents are talking um, and trying to decide, is this something that we want to do again next year? Um, And I think I am right now leaning towards, no, this is not necessarily something that we want to do again next year. And the reason Mm -hmm. is it's so expensive. It's so yes, expensive. Very and we much get so. a cheap deal, like really cheap deal at Erskine, but it's still like twelve or thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah. And just think of like what other things that money could go towards. Um, right. Um, and also, I think you're right that the positive aspects of away camp can be replicated at home. Um, I think you can do a lot of those team building stuff that you talked about. I mean, I'm sure you guys don't go away. And so that stuff that you're doing happens at home camp. Um, and you can still replicate a lot of that building, that building the environment and building morale that you get at away camp. You can build that at home, um, but you don't have to, to worry about um, just being around each other nonstop. For five days a week. And there are times when kids can go home and not have to deal with any other kids. 
that adults can go home and not have to worry about any kids. And I think that that time is more valuable than we realize sometimes. Um, yeah. I, you know, that there were times nothing too, like, crazy happened at our at our camp. I, I mean, like, you know, just, like, in, in regards to behavior and stuff, nothing too crazy happened. Um, but there was definitely, towards the end of the week, more tension being built over time of... Uh, just because everybody was around each other. Because everybody yeah. around each other, there's no time to relieve tension. There's no time to relieve that stress, relieve that tension. Um, so I, I do think, looking at it right now, there are definitely things that you get out of an away camp. Um, not the least of which that we didn't really talk about either. One of us is that you remove, you're removed from all the distractions. Like, you can't have yeah. a kid that's like, oh, I have to go to a doctor's appointment tomorrow. You know, you don't have to worry about yeah. that because you're like an hour and a half away. You don't have to worry about kids not showing up one morning because you know where they are. And you can go knock on the door and say, hey, you're late. Come on. Um, <laughs> hey, get up. Hey, what are you doing? Get up. <laughs> um, and that's certainly valuable. But um, I think that for the most part, that stuff is replicatable at home. Yeah, absolutely. And that, um, when we stopped doing away camps my third year in high school band. Yeah, I, um, so, yeah. With what was that the full like? intention, um, the only difference was we got to go home because we, they made sure that we stayed together all day. So once right. we were there in the morning, we, like, they fed us lunch every day. Um, and then they might have fed us dinner too, or maybe it was bring your own lunch and they fed us dinner. Yeah. Um, but we like we marched in twos from the practice field to the lunchroom at the school, you know, to march in twos back, and we would still do the exact same things. We would just do it there at campus. And then honestly, if your students want that sort of, you know, experience where like I'm always with my friends and stuff, like they could just have a sleepover all week yeah, that's if the true. parents are willing to host them. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know too. One of the middle school directors told me that uh, one of the kids that was going to do marching band didn't do marching band because they didn't want to leave home for a week. Hmm. Was that one of your new kids or one of your old kids? uh, It was one of the new kids, or would have been a new kid, but they didn't do marching band. Um, I can't remember who it was and if they're doing concert band or not now, but um, especially some of these younger kids and in an area like I'm in where um, it's a very tight and close-knit community, and you don't, um, you know, th- they might not have left home before, and you're staring down the barrel one week away from parents for the first time, and on top of that, it's band camp, which is hard as nails anyways. Um, mm-hmm. That can be a little off-putting, I guess, to, to some younger kids. Yeah, part of me says, that you don't want that student anyway, but the other part of me doesn't necessarily want to say that. Because sometimes we face that issue at our school in a, in a different way, because we require kids to do March Man their first year, and so some kids will try and get out of that, because um, you either like have to not be going to the school or be involved in a modern high fall sport. And so some kids will, you know, try out for sports or like all of a sudden they're freshman year so they don't have to do marching band um and 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 part of me says you know if if they're going to try and do that to get out of marching band i don't i don't think i would necessarily want them here anyway so i'm not sure they would enjoy it but on the other hand i know that at the end of the year all of my freshmen love marching band right because it's from talking to the middle school director i don't think that was the case i don't think that they were just looking for an excuse i think it was genuinely like that makes me nervous to be away from home for that long. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it's new for kids. And I, I forget that sometimes, yeah. too. Um, that, because, I, I mean, with our, um, with our history, we traveled so much and we're just used to it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to Oklahoma next month. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm now I'm going to book a flight to Oklahoma. Whoa, right. whoa, I'm going to Oklahoma. And some kids might be like, Planes. Yeah. Like this? Yeah. When I went to Midwest, I was telling um, some kids that I was flying to Chicago, and they were like, 
Ooh, flying. I've never done that. I mean, I didn't fly until I was in college, though. I never flew when I was in high school. That's true. I, I flew one time in high It was my senior year. It was 14 hours direct flight to Hawaii. And, you know, it's funny because I'm watching Mad Men right now. Mm. And on Mad Men, there's, um, there was that whole plane crash thing. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then uh, one of the characters, Pete Campbell, is like, hey, I'm going to go on a plane. Yeah, I hate Pete Campbell. But he's like, I'm going to go on a plane. And um, everybody's like, ooh, like, I've never been on a plane before. And then I have to remember it's the 50s. Right. 60s. 60s. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to jump over to the next thing? Sure. Um, music libraries, I feel like we can come back to at another time. I don't mind music library. Well, like, part of me is I don't necessarily, I don't, it's not that I don't understand our music library. I think that we have the exact same system we talked about would be good in college. But I think that right now we're keeping all of, all of our music in boxes, and apparently there's a new way to hang them, and we have the materials so we can hang them in the wanger cabinets, yeah. but we just need the band dad to come in and install them. Yeah, I'm, so we're just I'm waiting on that. Hanging them. What, what bothers me a little bit about our music library, and just in general, I don't like alphabetizing music libraries. Yeah, ours isn't alphabetized. It's it like I think it it might have been alphabetized at one point, um, if it even existed before Adam. But I think it's in order. Of, I think it's in purchase order now. Our yeah, that makes so much more sense. Ours is alphabetized, and I think after this, I'm just gonna start adding to the back because you have to go in. You have to. I just don't understand why people alphabetize music. Like why <laughs> go through that? Like, what happens if you fill up a cabinet? You're going to have to go and move everything back. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So, and so, like, it, it might make sense at first when like you search Like, if you have library, all of this music and you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on at all, then sure, yeah. alphabetize it. But then as but, soon as you buy a new piece of music, your right. whole system has been demolished. Yes. Yes. And so that's what... I, I guess they were in the process of cataloging stuff last year, and we're kind of adding to that now and I'm just looking at it like okay we're just gonna add on to the back because that anyways that's all I really wanted to talk to you about music library <laughs> I just wanted to complain about music library I just wanted to complain thank you for saying about that yeah um anyways then the next time we'll be complaining about dinkles ooh can we complain next time about uh, reply all oh my god Drew that or do you want to just complain now We'll complain next no. time. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay, here's something. For, well, I guess I don't have anything else super related to marching band. Um, except yeah. for... Do, do you th- feel like we um, overwhelm kids and that we end up driving kids away? And... I'll preface that question, or I guess post follow up that question, with the fact that I had a lot of kids who were in marching band, and these were pretty good kids in marching band, who were in marching band, who when it came time to do concert band, and you know we're on a four by four block, so it's a new semester, new year, new me, new new classes. Um, when it came time to do concert band, they were just like, I just can't do band right now. Huh. And I don't know, is that unique to where I'm at? Is that, do you think we just face that? Or, like, do you, and, and if it's something that we just all kind of face, how do we address that? Uh, uh, huh. Do we push kids too hard in marching band? Uh, I think... And push them so hard that we end up pushing them away from the activity. And I don't feel like that this was anything, I don't know, maybe this is more caused by personal things than it is um, any demand of the activity, but I, I don't know. Something well, that, I, I wouldn't well, say I mean, that our year. band has a toxic environment, but there's definitely a lot of drama in our band. And a lot of kids that don't get along well. Or not a well, lot of kids. There's a the handful drive. of kids that don't get along well. Go, keep going. 
for me, I think I think it is possible for marching band to be overwhelming because I think even for us as directors, marching band can be overwhelming. Yeah. I think it's possible to push kids away from band because of marching band because of how overwhelming marching band can be. Um, but I I don't think that marching band is necessarily an overwhelming activity all of the time because that's and I think it's very dependent on your culture and what your goal is. Is your goal as a band to be the best band that you can be? Is your goal to be good at marching band? Is your goal to be better than other people at marching band? Is your goal to have a good time? Is your goal to get along with others? Is your goal, um, you know, maybe it's not just one goal, maybe it's multiple goals. Right. Um, and so, and I think that's where, um, I think this is where the Carolina band really influenced me in a positive way with mission statements. So like, what is the mission of your band? Is the mission of your band um, to be better than everybody else? Or is your mission to be better than you were the day before and be better people for other people? Hmm. I can tell and you I think, what I would say. Yeah. And I imagine we would say the same thing. Right. To be better than other people. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you were going to say, right? Through everybody. Because yeah. my goal is to be the best fan program to ever grace the planet. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I I think what we did... Um, we're just not going to address... I, yeah, we're just yeah I think we have to address that we were joking. No, we're <laughs> not going to. Um, uh, for us... Um, what, what Carolina Band did so well was they went in and they well, we we all went in because you were there too when we made the mission statements and we went in and we said these are our mission statements for the were you there for that I don't know when did that happen in Carolina Band well I was there for some of Carolina Band I've I've got them somewhere um, um it could you... be it's possible that you guys did that my senior year and I was uh, busy doing senior staff things like filling the coolers. Yeah, maybe. Um, but we said, these are our mission statements. This is what the Carolina band is about. And it was, it was the summer when Dr. Cannon was sending us all the emails. Yeah, I would have been there for that. Yeah. And we said, we said, we as the student leadership think this is what the Carolina band is about. We think that we stand for these things. We think we think we stand for the university. We think we stand for good leadership, good character, and we think we are here to entertain. Yeah, like, I was getting different emails than you guys were, but that's good. I agree with yeah. that. And then we, Dr. Cannon, presented those ideas to everybody, and everybody's like, "Yeah, that makes sense. That's what we do." And then everybody was wrapped around those ideas. Right. Um, and I think. I think that helped me out a lot at Malden too, because I help, I had those kids help me create mission statements too, and it's kind of the same thing. Like we are here to build good character. We are here to represent our school well. We are here to build good community with each other, and our goal is to continually to get better. Yeah. Um, but it, it never it never said anything about like beating these people, beating these people, and I have them. And what I stress to my kids is that's not what our culture is. Our culture right. is to be better than ourselves, and not to be better than other people. And I think because of that the kids are more willing to come back with an attitude of how do I get better, how do I improve for the sake of improving or for the sake of like the person next to me, how do I get better as a musician for them, how do I get better as a person for them. Um, and so I think if your culture, like there are other programs um, that you and I both know that like their culture is not about that. Their culture is they see everybody else and they want to beat those people. Um, and maybe they're a good program and so they, they kind of hit that goal and they're glad about it and they kind of are boastful about it or they don't hit that goal and they kind of look on their whole season and say the season was bad because we didn't beat these people. Um, but that's because there's that extrinsic motivation that they're not getting. Because. I'm just trying to think of who you're talking about now. <laughs> good second, uh, good second. <laughs> uh, so that's just, that's what I think. I think if you are, it, it depends how you motivate the kids. And I think the kids will drive the culture and the kids will help each other not be overwhelmed. And the kids will pull each other back to marching band. Yeah. Okay. Final answer. I agree. I agree. I think part, I think you are correct. I also think part of these problems, as I think about it now, are are very 
personal and I feel like if as time goes on and we address more and more of just some of the cultural things that have that have just taken uh, root in the program that I don't really like. And this is through nobody's fault. This is not, you know, an old band director's fault. This is not administratively anything wrong. It's just bad habits that have formed. I think as they continue to go away, I think that stuff will also lessen. Lessen. Yeah. Lessen. I have a lisp. Lessen. And I think that... And I think once you choose your leadership, or once you get into that leadership process for the next year, I think that will also set you up for success because you'll be able to structure however you do it in a way that you want, in a way that will kind of pull out the kind of character that you want from your program. Yes, I agree. I'm making another note of things to talk about next time. Yeah, because I need to start thinking about that. Um, and how I want to structure that. I think I'm going to do it a little bit differently this year than I did last year. Yeah. Um, obviously, I wasn't here last year, and so I was not... I wanted to be more involved in that process. I thought that I was going to be able to come up for interviews, and then I just wasn't. But I also am thinking that I am going to uh, do things differently than I did even when I was in charge of that or when I was doing that. Mm -hmm. JP. Sure. Next topic. Are you a better teacher or musician? Oh, God. I am. When it comes to music, I think that I'm a better musician than I am a teacher right now. Because, and, and I've said this a lot, well, music, when you, for me, is a lot of math mm. and a lot of internal rhythm. And so sometimes I just get stuff because I was good at math in school. Um, and so that's why I, was, I feel like I was good at theory, but I would not be a good theory teacher. Um, and what I'm struggling with right now is I can, me as a musician, as a, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? As a, as a musician with a degree. I'll like remind you of the question if that'll help. <laughs> um, I like, I can play 16th notes and triplets 100% evenly in time so much of the time. That's very but impressive. I can't get my kids to do it. And I don't know necessarily how to get them to do it besides saying do it. And so I'm trying to find <laughs> no, more. No, you guys playing so, in time. In yeah, like, no, time. Yeah, they're playing it out of time. Like, and so today we had a sectional. And um, the rhythm goes like... And so, like, there's some stuff that happens on the offbeat. It's called Metroplex by Robert Sheldon. Metroplex by Robert Sheldon. Check the kids are listing. The kids are jumping the gun anytime that 16th notes come in on the upbeat. Not on like the E or the up. And so. What I'm trying to present it to them in different ways. I'm trying to say maybe you can think of this as a pickup to your big beat. So you pulse your big beat. So, something like that. Or um, just freaking play it in time. Because um, just the reason that it sounds messy right now is that because my kids can't play it, it's because my kids can't play it in time with each other. Right. Um, and I don't know how to get them to play it in time. So I think, but uh, maybe it's, I'm being nearsighted with that issue right now, but I think because of that, right now, at this very second, I'm a better musician than I am a teacher. Okay. Where do you stand on this issue? Thanks for asking. Um, when I wrote that question, and I don't know when that was, but it was probably, it was sometime last semester. When I wrote that question, my answer was, I'm a better teacher than I am a musician. Um, because I felt, I felt like the opposite almost of you. I felt like I was very good at understanding processes and breaking those down and building it back up so that a kid could get it, um, could get something that I was at. Not that, you know, I think I play well enough, but, um, 
I don't know. I guess just I was I thought I felt like I was better at doing that stuff, kind of the process of teaching, than I was necessarily the musical stuff. Right now, uh, kind of when I went to Midwest, I was like, oh, I don't teach like I should. I think I rehearse more than I teach, and I don't. And I'm, that's something that I've recognized and I'm trying to get better at. Um, Ooh, that's an interesting statement. Yeah. What do you think um, about, I think somebody said this at Midwest. Did you go to the Yamaha clinic at Midwest two years ago where he talked about the tuning thing? I wasn't there two years ago. Oh, no, you weren't. Mm-hmm. Are you sure, Drew? <laughs> Um, so, not this been, last Midwest, but the Midwest before this. In 2017, I wasn't there. Mm-mm. The one where um, JT forgot my name? You weren't at that one? I wasn't at that one. The last, the only Midwest that we've been to together was your senior year of college. Oh, man. So there was this, there was this Yamaha clinic where he pres- this guy who was a middle school band director and then ended up like being a rep for Yamaha, he was like playing recordings of his kids, and I don't understand why he stopped being a band director. His kids could play in tune like nobody's business, and they were good. Yeah. He played recordings, and they were good. And he ended up working for Yamaha. But anyways, um, he, um, at one point, he said, take every moment you can in your teaching to treat it like, or like treat the way that you teach your band like a private lesson. Um, and and the statement kind of stuck out to me because, you know, it's you, you can't necessarily have private lessons with all your kids, but maybe you can get, like, a two-minute little private lesson in there with yeah. your bassoon player today, and the other kids are just kind of watching it happen and learning from it. Um, now, I don't think that's directly related to teaching rather than rehearsing, but I think, I think on some level it is. Yeah, but I, I think, think it is, on too. But I think on a broader spectrum, like, teaching... Is like teaching kids how to read notes and rhythms and teaching kids how to understand dynamics and tempo markings and styles and stuff. And, um, I think sometimes maybe we focus just too much on getting the one at CPA to do that right. Oh, and man. in fact, I think that's kind of exactly what we're, what we're doing right now. I'm kind of bad about it. You, you know how we feel about that. That conversation's coming <laughs> up in a second. Um, but yeah, I think. You know, and I guess in some extent, in high school especially, that's to be expected, and I'm trying not to just make an excuse for myself, but I think to some extent in high school when it's such a performance-driven class, um, a lot of the teaching comes through the rehearsing if you're doing it well, but I find myself... Sorry. You're good. I find myself way too focused right I, I think or at least more than I should be I think focused on um, balance and blend and put getting this rhythm right or getting these notes right um, instead of continuing to teach kids how to read rhythm or continuing to teach kids how to do you know more complex rhythms or build range or you know play scales build technique with scales and stuff I'm Mm. and I think I need to do a better job of flipping that around and teaching kids to read rhythms and and understand rhythms so that they can play music better and teaching kids to have more technique with scales and everything kids to play scales faster so that they can play music better um and I I was doing that before I was teaching rhythms and I was teaching you know scales and I was teaching you know, whatever. I was doing all that stuff, but I don't think I was doing it as much as I should be or as well as I should be. And so after I came to that realization, to bring it back to the original question, I kind of flipped that around. And I was like, oh, no, I'm a better musician right now than I am a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to do better at that. Mm -hmm. I think what I struggle with right now is how do I flip it back to being better at teaching than I am? Because I, honestly, I don't think I'm doing a good job of teaching, and I've kind of felt that way for about a month now. Um, yeah. And it's weird, because last year I felt I was doing such a great job at teaching, but maybe it was just that first year sort of buzz you get. Right. Uh, 
And uh, I also didn't go to Midwest this year, so I didn't get to. It's crazy get how much that really does like affect you. Yeah, absolutely. Like just sitting there and watching, you know, master teachers talk about how they do it, and you just self, just sitting in that session and self-reflecting on, uh, am I doing that? Kind of. Can I do something better? Absolutely. What is that? And you just leave Midwest feeling. Re- like rejuvenated, yeah, because you see all these cool people that you don't get to see a lot, but you also feel rejuvenated about like the profession, and you're you're like, oh, I can do yeah. this, I I can do this. Yeah, and you know, like there are resources that we could be looking at and using to help us do this now. Like, um, like there's the Styles Middle School podcast where they talk about some techniques that they use. Is that there, so. what podcast is that? It's called. Um, Oh man! Is that I used after to sectionals? Yes, the after sectional. I podcast. was listening to that podcast today. It's a very. This is good the first podcast. time I've ever listened to that podcast, and I've heard a lot about it. And I was listening yeah. to it today. I didn't. I used to listen to it a lot last year, and I didn't get really far into it because I just I had gotten to a point where after ban, I needed to not think about ban anymore. So I, I totally started listening to other stuff. I totally um, get that. Which is, and sometimes I go back and forth on that sentiment with myself. There was a guy who. Um, at our district thing, um, we have like a district PD thing called All Arts Day, and we brought in these guest speakers. And one of them basically was like, "You need to always be listening to band, always looking at new music." And on no, some hand, like I agree, but on the I disagree. On some hand, sometimes on the other hand, I just sometimes I just need to decompress. Um, Absolutely. And so I stopped listening to that podcast, but um, you're gonna hear some really cool stuff that they do in that podcast. I, I got a probably 30 episodes into it, and at some point they rehearsed this grade four Percy Granger piece. What, um, do you remember what piece? It's Lincolnshire Posey. Yeah. Do you know that piece? <laughs> no. uh, I re- I do like their theme song uh, though. Ollie I think it was. <laughs> I think their theme song is like this electro remix of like lost lady found and it was kind of yeah it's weird but i also kind of get it i dig it man it's um let's see crazy granger's songs give me a second because this is gonna bother me now uh australian Um, upcountry tune something about green it was something it's something that like i haven't heard before until this podcast um Maybe it's under folk adaptation. I'm going to sing Lincolnshire Posey while you find it. Sounds good. We're just going to edit all this out. The Nightingale and the Two Sisters. The Nightingale and the Two Sisters, folks. The Nightingale yeah, and the Two Sisters. I believe that was the one. Um, and they also they do these other cool things. You'll learn about like unison attack sheets, and sometimes they just record their sectionals they have after school. But also they have they have their band system set up makes everything work for that. But anyways, there's right. that. There's stuff for marching band that's going around. Um, like that, there are all sorts of different things, and you know, Fennell has his recordings, and I think like Mary Land has recordings and stuff. And there are all sorts of things that we can look at and watch all the time. But there's just something about Midwest right. that helps a lot with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's just what I'm struggling with right now is how do I improve my teaching. That's fair. All right, and we're back. Um, and we're back. The last thing, JP, I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. On the, This was on our state band directors page. Uh, somebody asked about a ballad for CPA. Did you see this? No, I did not. Somebody asked for recommendations for a ballot for CPA. Um, and some people responded back, like, people who I respect a lot, who uh, have certainly done well in the state, responded back, like, don't play a slower piece for a ballot for CPA. A, a contrasting style doesn't necessarily mean slower. You're going to hurt yourself, you're more open for intonation. You're gonna, you know, whatever. You're gonna shoot yourself in the foot if you choose a slower piece for CPA. To which I say, yes, if your only goal for CPA is to go on stage and get a one. Hmm. But I don't think that should be our goal for CPA. 
Right. And so, How am I going to get the OPA if I don't get a one on stage? Oh, JP. <laughs> oh, this is my crusade that I'm fighting. I really like CPA, and I think out of all of the things that a CPDA does, it's the best. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the best thing that SCBDA does. But the I, I I feel like band directors have a very perverse way of looking at it. I hate how so, how some of our colleagues view CPA. This is concert con, concert performance assessment for those of you uh not familiar with the uh, lingo here in South Carolina, the concert performance Assessment or Maybe CPA for, a for short concert festival or large group performance you evaluation. You may recognize NES as concert festival or large group performance evaluation. Have you, you ever heard that? To one WNYC, <laughs> I'm Drew Conley. Uh, Have you ever heard it called LGPE? I think so. Don't they call it that in like Texas? Maybe they definitely do in Georgia. They switched from festival to LGPE. Uh, I don't like the, the I don't like the term large group there. I don't know why that that kind of. What if my group is large? Yeah. What about a regular band? Large not a big group. band. Says who? Says who? <laughs> I have a small band. Oh, is that? Well, what else do you have to say about ballads and like? Don't choose a ballad because or a slow piece because blah blah blah. Um. I think that you should be teaching your students how to play lyrically, and uh-huh. there's no better time to show that off or to get feedback on that than CPA. And for yeah. you to sit there and say, "Don't choose a slow piece because you might not score a one," is ridiculous. Teach- yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Teach your students how to play lyrically. If you do it well, awesome. The judges will say, "Hey, you're doing this really well. I appreciate it," and give you a one. If the judges don't think you're doing that well, then they give you a two. And who? cares Who I think there cares? are there are two goals of CPA and one of them of course is to get a superior rating and go home with those nice supplies uh, and the other goal is to get feedback for your kids and for yourself because there's yes. a lot of feedback that is good for the director um, that okay like they're not doing this well maybe you could have approached it this way I think they're CPA doing this well is more beneficial for the director than anything else yeah Absolutely. Anyways, keep going. No, because, I mean, you get your comments that year, and then you say, all right, I need to work on this for this next year, or yeah. you know, these two things. And then you can go back, and the next year, you get to see how you did on those things. And then you become a more well-rounded band director once you know what you need to work on Absolutely. in your program. Because it's a snapshot of your program. And they say, I think your program is doing this well. I think your program is not doing this well. And I am judging that based off of the pieces that you are playing today. And so it's not necessarily... And not only uh, the pieces like you're playing today, piece, but how kind of your like, performance of these pieces that you're playing today. Yeah. And, and and sometimes it even comes down to how your band looks when they go on and off the stage oh. or what they're wearing. And so a one isn't necessarily you play this piece perfectly. It, maybe a one is like your band is very well put together. They seem very mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maturity of an ensemble is so much higher than just um, how they sound. I wonder, I'm sure that they have done blind tests with performances. Um, I can't remember the research exactly, but uh, that does play an impact. How you come on the stage, how you dress and everything does play an impact on how you score. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, uh, there we go. Okay. I thought it was the beast. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I myself am not good at teaching lyrical stuff. I'm good at lining up technical stuff pretty well. Um, but I'm not great at teaching lyrical stuff. And part of that has to do with um, I just haven't really taken those opportunities to try and do it at school. Um, and so for me, I'd want to challenge myself with that sort of piece. Now, I wouldn't go and say, all right, I need a lyrical piece or like a ballad and we're a grade four program, so we're going to do like Looks at Rubquay, we're going to do Ye Bangsy Braze, Oh Bonnie Doon. I would say we're going to do like, like last year we did Amarland, which is kind of the same thing on repeat. 
four times with a key change mm. but that would have been great for me to learn how to teach something like that and to teach my kids so that the next year we could look at like october right or something um, which is grade four i didn't realize that yeah october october and winter are both grade four yeah um or um but i mean i also agree with the idea that you know two contrasting pieces doesn't necessarily mean like a fast you know short ride and fast machine and loser McQuay could mean like short ride and there's this piece called urban dances by eric morales which is like a moderate tempo and it's just this little latin feel to it yeah i mean you're right um and the piece that i'm doing god, god willing the piece that I'm doing isn't necessarily... I wouldn't call it a ballad. It's slow. Uh-huh. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a ballad either. Um, yeah. But, I, I don't know. That just kind of made me, like... When I saw that question and I saw the responses to it and I saw the people like, Oh, yeah, great point. You're so good. Oh, man. And again, these are good band directors. There's no way that they're listening to this podcast. But, if they are, they're good band directors. However like seeing all the responses and all of that support it was just like uh, I don't know it was just like what a warped sense of CPA you have yeah absolutely like show off what you do well yeah but don't sacrifice like teaching your kids concepts like that just because you're afraid of what judges are going to say at CPA do you think you'd be doing any sort of disservice by not trying to play a slow piece at all like in a in a school year what do you mean it's like if you like, throughout your entire school year if you did not play any slow pieces would you be doing a disservice yeah and not necessarily like slow ballads but just like any piece that kind of like touches on that yeah i think you would be okay do you I agree. yeah i agree and I think that, like, depending on the kind of concerts that you do, you will obviously get them. Like, you will get them in your, um, like, you'll definitely get it in your Christmas concert because there's going to be a high chance you're going to play Silent Night at some point. Or you'll um, definitely get it. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I, I, I mean, like, the Christmas time is the, is almost prime time at that just because of the season. In a spring concert, you want to play fun stuff and not stuff that's going to four people in the spring concert. Do I do anything slow in the spring? We might do to Kelly's Amazing Grace. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, I think you'd be doing your, your kids and yourself a disservice by not doing that. I just year. don't understand like how you could not do that. I no. don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. Alright. Let's call it. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast. Uh, We appreciate you spending time with us. You can like us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We're also available on another platform, but I don't listen to podcasts on that one, and I forgot what it was. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Deuces.